Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 193rd episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We're powered by 8bit.net and those sexy, sexy legends over at Audio Technica. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan8bit. And joining me today, it's not the usual Miss Sally Hart. She's off doing very, very important things, so I hope you're doing well. We've got an extremely special guest coming to us via way of News to Reviews. We're talking Zach. You can find him on the Twitters, at News Number 2 Reviews. How you doing, man? Welcome to the show. Hey, hey, Brendan. How you doing, mate? Thanks so much for having me on. Like, I've been listening to this show for since I started my own podcast for at least six months now. And as soon as I heard it, I was like, "My God, this is this is exactly what I, like I, I wish I, I was able to do. If I can be half as good as these guys." Uh, then I know I've done an amazing job as a podcaster. So I feel absolutely touched and honored that you would have me on as a guest. I'm, I'm super excited to be here. Mate, I don't think we're going to get any more positive feedback from there. So this may be the very last episode of The Hungry Gamers because <laughs> we've hit the peak right now. We're, uh, we're peaking. We're going to retire on a high. So Miss Hart, it's been fun. Zach, it's been fun. This is, uh, this is our last hurrah. But man, no, it's, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. I've been a Big fan of what you're doing there at News to Reviews with uh, with Lockie there. You, you're creeping up towards 30 episodes now. So, um, mate, it's good to see that the runs are on the board and the audio quality and just the show quality overall is <clears throat> it's getting better and better, especially in this weird isolated remote record climate we're all playing in. So, I guess maybe we could start with that. Maybe tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about News to Reviews. Anything else you wanna? Anything else you wanna talk about? The, the floor is yours, man. Okay, no worries. Well, I was, uh, I'm in an iron about whether or not I wanted to uh, tell the, the the story behind news to reviews, but I decided a, a big part of uh, uh, improving my life was being open and honest about this stuff, and that's something I want to uh, try and do with my show uh, throughout. And um, yeah, I was uh, I was in a bad way for a lot of years I was in a bit of a, a pit of uh, depression and anxiety for probably about a good five years or so I uh, you know I kept sort of doing what I thought I should be doing and not what I wanted to do I started going to uni and dropped out of that and started going to TAFE and I, and I, I dropped out of that and uh, you know uh, as anyone who's experienced depression my self-worth was absolutely through the floor and uh, I, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I had no idea how I was going to get out of it. But uh, one thing that's always remained a constant in my life and one thing I've always loved uh, is gaming. But I guess, you know, it's always just been a, a hobby for me, not something that I really wore on my sleeve. I guess, you know, maybe growing up, there was a slight bit of a stigma attached, I guess, to gaming. But I don't, I don't know what happened to me about six or seven months ago. I just had this weird epiphany and decided to just not care at all about what anybody thinks of me and, and, and how to live my life because I realized that no one has any idea of what they're doing whatsoever. And I decided just to embrace the 
gaming lifestyle. I got a job at a retail store what sells games, so I get to, you know, like earn a little bit of money working around games and whatnot, which I absolutely love. And then, yeah, I've been thinking about starting a podcast for a couple of years after listening to great Aussie gaming podcasts like the Inconsolables and and uh, and uh, Reset Era podcast from back in the day. And uh, But, you know, my depression, anxiety, I guess, always hold me back. And I think it was about for two years I was talking about making a, a gaming podcast. And then, yeah, finally, about six months ago, I just had a, a great chat, a chat with my uh, housemate's best friend, Lockie, about Monster Hunter World. And absolutely loved it. And I thought, you know, stuff it. I'll, I'll ask him and I'll see if he wants to start a podcast. And uh, since uh, I think we had our first episode on the 1st of October last year. And since then, I think we've only missed uh, uh, two episodes. One was because of terrible technical difficulties. And another one was because Lockie was off on surgery. Uh, but that's it. Other than that, we've been at it every single week. And I've been loving every second of it and it, like my life completely it, it's like you know anything like anything with mental health it's not like you flick a flick a switch and everything's all better uh but i, I used to not want to get up in the morning and now I've, I've i very rarely have those days and i've got to meet some amazing people in the space of gaming like roger from over at button mash who's been on your show before the inconsolables who are part of 8-bit nation and obviously you as well and and the hungry gamers uh I, yeah I, I feel so lucky and yeah um any, anyone out there if you if you've been ever holding off on doing something and you you, you know you <clears throat> sorry I'm a little bit nervous <clears throat> and you're not you're not in the greatest of ways don't don't hold back anymore like just just don't give a crap about what anyone thinks and just follow what you want to do and and find a way to make it happen I made I found a way to be able to talk about games and and have a lot of fun doing that and yeah it's really it's really helped me a lot so that's yeah that's how news to reviews was born and yeah it's yeah still at it every week and loving every second of it and just loving it more and more mate it's it's a very fantastic and touching origin story not only for yourself but the show and and how it came to be and like I, I mirror like all the sentiment that you've just sort of just thrown out there like gaming and any creative outlet can act as a bridge to to better things or or sort of dealing with with some of those doubts and demons and things that we all we all sort of tackle on the daily like you know through various degrees and various levels and and what have you but man I'm I'm similar like it's my happy place coming in here and recording podcasts every week and and it's really good to bring fresh faces onto the show or, or talk about cool topics or dumb topics or whatever like gaming <laughs> like at its core yeah you're playing a video game like people like outside of our little bubble think of how's that going to have any kind of emotional benefits or you know it's it's a waste of time it's rotting your brain all that tropey shit that people say but mate it's it's got curative qualities like whether you're whether you're playing, whether you're listening or watching a content creator, whether you are that content creator, like it can really open up those endorphins and, and get you feeling good and get you feeling excited. And yeah, like I'm I'm not a morning person by any stretch of the imagination, but getting up early on a weekend, like it's it's not a chore. Like, and when it becomes a chore, then you start to, I guess, question what you're doing. But mm. for now, like I'm happy to get up in the in the early hours and get ready into a podcast and whatever else as opposed to to sleeping in. And it's because this medium that we we all play in now, it's it's great. Like it can help people, it can help yourself 
mm. and it can also lead to conversations with people all over all over the world so yeah. um you know on the back of one of the good things with social media like uh which obviously you guys can be found at news two reviews on the twitters uh, but yeah, you can you can get dialogue going with people all over the world instantly, which which I love. You know, you, so, you you chuck a hot take up or an opinion or whatever it might be on a game announcement or a game you've just played, and then people can immediately be like, "At you, nut. I agree or I disagree. You're an idiot. Whatever it might be." But you get these walls knocked down globally in an instant on on Twitter or the social medias, and and I love that part of it as well, where you can have that just instant back and forth, no matter where you are on earth which is awesome but yeah. yeah news to reviews getting close to uh episode 30 is anchor.fm forward slash news to reviews and that's the word to not the number two like on the twitters so just if you are playing at home is that the main hub you'd say you'd want people to be directed towards to get all your content obviously there is a lot of uh links from there to get you to the various podcast players uh where, where do you want people to be consuming your content that's right well if you want to find out you know whenever we're posting new episodes or just Whatever the hell I happen to be thinking about, then yeah, the Twitter is definitely the best place to go. But to find yeah, to find our podcast, you can find it on basically anywhere you like listening to podcasts. But the best place to get, you know, all the different platforms that it's on, I'd say, would yeah, be Anchor.fm. Yeah, news to Nice, reviews. nice. It's <clears throat> it's a good hub, and and they are uh, a good podcast hosting platform for people that are looking to potentially dip a toe into that creative space. So uh, yeah, man. So that's that's the origin story. It's it's good to see that there is some more good coming out of this industry. Like uh, you know, we do get caught up a lot of the times in the negativity of bad press and bad stories in our game space. But you know, hearing things like that, where you are using this as a as a sort of launch pad to to better yourself and and also better people's lives with what you're doing at News to Reviews with the weekly content, certainly means an awful lot to to everybody I think out there listening. But yeah, be sure to follow the guys on twitter at news number two to reviews or anchor.fm forward slash news the word to reviews for all those hubs be sure to rate review subscribe uh zach and Lockie's work there but man i thought we'd jump into what we've been up to what we've been playing um i see a couple of games on your list there that i'm very familiar with uh what what are you bringing to the table today okay so the first game i'll talk about final fantasy 7 remake it's been on everyone's lips i think since it came out what what like oh, it's like a week or two early or something like that physically in australia and europe and uh i i'm not typically a final fantasy fan I, the only one i ever played before this was 15 i got about oh, i think about like 20 hours in and i was like yeah now this isn't really for me uh, but I played the demo for Final Fantasy VII Remake and I had an absolutely fantastic time. So I decided to pick this one up. And um, yeah, uh, over the, the period of time I've played it, my relationship with it has really changed. When I first started, I was, I was loving it. I was having a great time. Uh, but as and like you know all the weird JRPG stuff, uh, like I, I'm not I'm not used to it, but I love weird stuff. So it's like you know, so long as the story <laughs> keeps moving along and I'm having fun playing, I'm I'm cool with it, whatever. But then uh, I don't know, I'm 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 getting close to finishing. I'm not won't, obviously won't mention any spoilers here, but it just it feels like a lot of the game, a good third of it, is just filler all in the main story there and I just got got really bored and it, it just started feeling a bit repetitive to me I think I think a big reason why I feel this way is because I never played the original as well too I think for people who have that nostalgia for it uh, all the little nods to the original and all the changes and whatnot stand out to them a lot more and thus they end up having a lot more fun with it but for someone like me who's not a Final Fantasy fan I, I don't know I just 
I've started to find myself just not really wanting to play it and just wanting to play more Animal Crossing. So, yeah. Damn, man. Like, I'm I'm with you in, in echoing the statements regarding Final Fantasy. Like, I'm a big... Uh, or I'm not a big Final Fantasy guy myself. My yeah latest foray was 15 as well. I finished it through, you know, I sort of almost had to drag myself through the mud to finish that game because it was tough in parts. But it's interesting because a lot of the the Final Fantasy purists or even just the Final Fantasy VII purists who have a very special attachment to the original talk about how great Seven is. And, and I've got no attachment to the original. I played it here and there when I was young when it came out on the on the original PlayStation with all its all its multiple discs back in the day. But um I've got no real sort of, you know, touchstone to that game from then. So when I do eventually get into it, because I still haven't played remake at all uh, outside of the demo at um PAX, whenever that was last year. Um I've got nothing, nothing sort of holding holding my heart there for the game so i'm curious to see if i'm going to have similar sort of feelings as yourself like because you see on the twitters like a lot of people in our circles oh this game's amazing just finished it or got to the final boss or whatever and it's like oh my heart my emotions i'm sitting there going really is it is it that good and then i guess hearing someone that's removed from that final fantasy circle going you know what it's all right a lot of filler mm. um you know is it is it game of the year like would you say that it's worthy to probably be in early talks for that game of the year title uh, look, I think it will be for a lot of people, but for me personally, no, it won't. D- depending, I guess, depending if the if the Last of Us Part Two sucks, <laughs> and yeah. Cyberpunk twenty seven twenty seventy seven sucks, then perhaps I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's yeah, not not going to be probably even the top ten of games for me this year. I dare say I enjoyed it more than Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Uh, <laughs> that's saying something. <laughs> yeah, that's that's something. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just. Yeah, I, I can't. Uh, yeah, I, I I really can't get into it at this point. I, I I did stuff up with one thing. Like I didn't realize how you gain new summons throughout the game. So I've been only having the one summon throughout the entire game. I think maybe if I'd figured that out, I probably would have got a little bit more enjoyment out of it. But yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I yeah. found myself. I think the Outer Worlds is a similar length game, like forty hours or so. And I finished that in like a week. I just didn't want to stop playing that. But this is taking me like like four or five weeks to finish. Uh, and I've had a lot of stuff to play. Animal Crossing can take up a lot of your time, Hell as, yeah, as, as as you would know. Uh, but yeah, if, 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 if I'm not finding myself not wanting to play a game and it's starting to feel like a little bit of a, a chore to get through, then yeah, I know it's definitely not going to be in my top 10 for the year. That's for sure. Yeah. No, fickle, fickle. So, um, outside of that, I see you've been playing a little gem that I absolutely adored last year in a Plague Tale Innocence. Uh, is this your first foray into this or did you sort of pick it up last year when it dropped? Yeah, this, this is my first time playing it. Now I'm about, I think I'm a little bit over halfway through, but I, I remember when it came out last year and I was just, you know, I wasn't familiar with the developer or anything like that. It was before I'd uh, started the podcast. So, you know, I wasn't just picking up things just to check them out and whatnot. Uh, so, and it was, it was quite expensive, I think on release. It was around like 70, $80, something like that. It wasn't, mm-hmm. wasn't a cheap, cheap game for like a indie game. I think it's like one of those ones with a bit of a double A budget, but I thought it looked fascinating. And a lot of the, the, uh, people I like, like content creators I like said it was like really great. And particularly as far as a narrative goes, the narrative is fantastic. And I'm a big fan of narrative games, fan of like the Uncharted series and The Last of Us and, you know, Rockstar's games and things like that. 
so as soon as I hear there's a good narrative, I'm I'm definitely getting excited and and yeah, it definitely it definitely delivers on the narrative. I, I believe it's it's Amicia, I believe is the name of the yeah, Amicia, the the sort of lead heroine that you play as, and yeah. and her young little brother Hugo. Yeah, she looks like a young Aloy or a young chick from Hellblade or something like that. Video game girls with red hair, I guess, is a bit of a thing over the last <laughs> over 2018, 2019. I'm guessing. Uh, but yeah, no, absolutely uh, uh, fantastic story. It is, it is so good that the pace at which the story is told is absolutely impeccable. I find myself never getting bored. Like every section doesn't go on for too long. You'd be doing stealth for a moment, then there'll be more story stuff and more exploration for a little while. Then there'll be a little bit of crafting, a bit more story, then back to stealthing around again. Um, as far as the gameplay goes, yeah, the, for the most part, it, it is like sort of stealth gameplay. You've got like a sling that you're using to uh, to attack the enemies and whatnot. But I'd, I've, I've found the gameplay probably the least engaging part of it. It's not it's not bad or anything like that. It's like still, it's it's interesting enough. The, the puzzles with the rats, I think, are probably the uh, most interesting part of the gameplay. But it's yeah, it's really there for that story, that that fantastic story. It's voice acted really well, and it, and the game looks absolutely gorgeous as well too. Yeah, no, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I can't wait to to play some more. I've sort of just been trying to get Final Fantasy VII just finished and done, so I can leave it with uh, give some kind of review score it on the show, uh, and then and then get on with playing a Plague's Tale Innocence and and a few other things that I've got in the pipeline. Yeah, that's that's the joys of the gamer, right there, isn't it? It's it's an eternal cycle of juggling everything that's coming out. Like uh, the release cycle never ends. So uh, by the time you put a Plague Tale and Final Fantasy to bed, you're going to have another dozen or so games that are sort of nipping at your heels there, saying, "Come play me next." So yeah, but a Plague Tale Innocence was really really underrated last year. I think like um, mm. Sobo Studio who put it together. Uh, they've been around a little while, but they haven't really done anything to, I guess, this level of status. Like when this game did come out, it got a lot of press, a lot of uh, attention across across the internets, and uh, it was a very, very well reviewed game. And it's yeah, pretty, pretty visceral, pretty gory. Like playing as as this young sort of teenage girl, Amicia, uh, and you're trying to survive like this plague that's running through running through France and, and yeah, you're killing, you're killing sort of British soldiers with rocks, you know, slinging them at their head. Like it's pretty, pretty intense. And I like that they don't sort of glorify or try and flex all that sort of gore. Like you see that she struggles with every decision she makes about having to kill this person or, or, you know, do harm to this group of people. Like I like that there is that sort of human element and aspect to it. And, um, yeah, Sobo Studio, I was just reading about them again this morning and they're actually doing the next flight simulator game of all things. So they're jumping from A Plague Tale Innocence to the next Microsoft flight simulator game. So uh, they're a very varied and, and talented bunch there at a Sobo, it seems. Oh, that that is very disappointing news for me. Look, look nothing against people who like flight simulators. That's not a problem, but... These guys can absolutely kill a narrative. I would have loved to have seen another narrative game from them. After playing this, I would, I would definitely be keeping an eye on them in the future. A flight mm. simulator game, not my cup of tea, but if they, they release something something else with a narrative to it, oh. Maybe they're going to put a story mode into flight simulator. Maybe it's <laughs> going to be like, you know, Con Air flight simulator or <laughs> Snakes on a Plane or something. Maybe they're going to sort of translate, to, translate that to the gaming world. You know, we can play as... Samuel L. Jackson or Nicolas Cage in uh, Flight Simulator. That'd be fantastic. Oh, that would be fantastic. I want, I want dialogue options. Nicolas Cage, you can either be crazy Nicolas Cage or even more crazy Nicolas Cage. Yeah, oh, definitely. yeah. 
Yeah, he only has those two levels. Uh, he, he sort of threw away the other levels of emotion years and years and years ago. Now he's just on on the level of, of sanity slash insanity or just full lost his marbles, yes. send help type of thing. I, I but think, he's, he's a treasure. Yeah, those emotions are buried deep in his underneath that pyramid that he bought years ago. <laughs> Bless his cotton socks. So um, <laughs> you, you, mentioned, you mentioned a game you've also been playing a bit this week and I am so deep and so emerged in animal crossing new horizons again it is not funny like i'm i've just i think ticked over 200 hours played in game and i can't think of a game i've had this many hours in in a good long while maybe like skyrim might have been the last or or the witcher 3 something like that so this is a few years back since i've had a game sink its little raccoon claws into me like this game has and um i've i've worked out this past week how to fake amiibo any villager to my island i want like uh in in the end game the meta is you know you got to try and get your personal list of all-star villagers to your island to obviously build up your township and i've got this um uh, nintendo pro controller emulator app on a samsung this thing only works on samsung phones apparently so i had to find my old samsung work phone and I've got this app in that can then emulate the controller into the game. And then I've also found all the bin files of all the Amiibo data online. So I've got all the digital Amiibo cards on my phone and I can glitch them through, get them to the camping ground, do it three days in a row. And then they stay around and you can kick out some of the dead weight. So I've been dabbling with that this past week, just feeling like I'm I'm in like I'm Mr. Robot or I'm Neo in the Matrix at the moment. Like I felt <laughs> like I was just this mad hacker lord this past week when I cracked this code. And um, yeah, so I've been dabbling with that and I finally uh, found the template for the basketball court that I've been wanting for so long. So I built that. That took me probably three hours on its own to put that together, getting all the QR codes, importing them in, laying it all down the right way. So my island is is getting close to where I want it to be and um, still loving Animal Crossing. How how deep are you into this game? How many hours you got going so far, Zach? Oh man, I think I'm at last I checked, I was around 45, but I reckon I've put in at least another 10 or... 20 since then because that was like yeah close to a week ago but man i i didn't jump into animal crossing till a couple of weeks or two three weeks after release the fomo was so intense i've never experienced this like a fomo like this with a game before uh all starting with with uh your wonderful episode uh, that you did when when animal crossing first came out with the animal crossing music in the background I think it was not long after after all this corona stuff really started kicking into high gear. So it was just such a nice, relaxing thing to listen to uh, when, when, with all the world sort of burning around us at the time. And yeah, it got me so excited to play Bloody Animal Crossing. Not to mention, yeah, all the inconsolables are playing it. Roger and Button Bash are playing it. Everyone where I work was playing it. So I was like, okay, I have to get this game. I end up buying it digitally. And yeah, I've I've had an absolute blast. I'm on a couple of different uh, in a couple of different Facebook chats uh, where we're exchanging turnip prices and whatnot, which I think my my turnips were 107 this morning. Not not too bad. It's not too bad. Not, not, not too bad. What, it depends on what you bought them for, I guess. So. No, 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 no. That's that's to buy them today. Oh, that's right. That is that is yeah. this morning. It's Sunday morning. That's yes, right. Don't forget to buy your turnips after this, man. Yeah, I'm I'm not sort of too deep on the turnip run to be honest. Like I've pretty much bought all my house upgrades by the last one through a lot of grinding and, and a couple of cheeky time jumps to start with before they actually nerfed the interest rates. I don't know if you saw that during the week. They've actually, in the latest patch, nerfed the amount of money you can you can make from your bank interest when you are 
time hopping around the world. So um, lucky I got that done when I did because now you're getting two tenths of nothing just like in real world banking. So uh, another another sort of Tom Nook uh, power play there, uh, the dictator of, of Sharkfin Island as I like to call him. So um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm all about it. I'll check out the turnip prices after this, but I'm just sort of end gamer now. Where, whereabouts are you in the game? Have you got all your, you got your ten Islanders? You had, uh, you had sort of uh, KK come and play his gig. Where you at? No, I haven't even had KK come yet. So I'm only, I've been playing for like I think three weeks, maybe. I've, 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 I now have uh, three extra rooms on my house with a total of four, and I, I think I've got a two star island rating. So I'm pretty sure I'm on the cusp of getting KK to rock mm-hmm. up but i sort of just been like you know working those turnip prices and whatnot using that for my home extensions and then just throughout the week using whatever bells i make to make bridges and inclines and stuff like that i think i got three bridges and two inclines but yeah i say the most fun i've had with it has definitely been working that turnip market man it's it's a lot of fun i definitely recommend jumping on board there's this whole weird sort of meta game around it like getting involved in all the group chats everyone like like finding good prices and stuff like that's been a lot of fun i managed to make last week like 2.2 mil uh, from from turnips which when you like you're pretty early in the game that like paid off like two inclines and two house extensions with a mill left over as well too which was like got me through a fair fair bit of the game in one chunk uh, but I think like the way I did that was like there's like websites called Turnip Exchange, uh, where people can post their turnip prices and then you you put in your 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 uh, your user for your character in Animal Crossing and they put you into a queue and you know some people might charge certain things for you to come and sell their turnips on on, on their island or they might just ask for a tip or something like that. But I did that. I managed to get into someone's island where they were selling for like 603 each or something Ooh, like baby. that. And I'd, I'd bought them for like 94 or something. So I made an absolute killing. And just, I don't, I don't know, something about um, everyone just sort of discussing their prices and whatnot. And, and, and it's, it's just been a lot of fun. That metagame, it's been an absolute riot. I love it. It, it is the game of 2020, I'd say. And, and even with a couple of big tent poles in, in Cyberpunk and The Last of Us 2 coming, I think Animal Crossing is probably going to end up being the most commonly talked about game on on gamers' lips, I think, this year, come come the end of the year. Like, it's just, it's going gangbusters. Obviously, we've seen the sales figures. It's it's the most successful Nintendo release outside of two Smash Brothers games. Like, mm. it is one of the success stories of 2020. And it's just good fun. It's a good time sink it's a good way to pass some time. It's a good way to jump on and play with mates. It's a good way, as, as you said, then to like, you know, if you want to be a little bit of a tycoon and a bit of a hustler and you jump on all these bloody underground websites that have got like <laughs> turnip rates or, you know, just, just little things like there's websites for everything attached to it, like Nookazon, which is, you know, the Amazon equivalent. There's great not-for-profit pages that you can jump on on Facebook where people are sharing all their DIYs or, or totally. you need stuff built. Like there is so much positive spin about this game it's not funny like there is some turds out there that are like oh you want that cutting board or that cutting board DIY yeah that's a million a million bells and it's like well suck my dick mate I'll find it somewhere else yeah yeah I was going to say be very careful using turnip exchange because I've heard horror stories of people charging people like nook mile tickets and stuff like that and then their prices end up being total garbage and they've already obviously given over the stuff so yeah do be careful i was lucky with the one mine did he only charge like three nook mile tickets and he was super cool so 
I guess. I yeah, I, I got I got hosed on um one of my first island exchange trips a few weeks ago where I wanted the um the doghouse and the guy said it was like a a purchasable thing thing so you go over and you do you, you know you do your catalog swap. Uh, so I went over and I cataloged a heap of his items and did his doghouse, but then came back and then found out it was a DIY and that was the main piece I wanted. So I sort of, you know, whatever it was I paid him, it might have only been like 50,000 bells or something like that to catalog everything. But I came back not with the thing I wanted, messaged him on Discord and just crickets. I'm like, fuck you, mate. I'm done, I'm done with this hustle. Done with this hustle. So uh, yeah, I'm on this not-for-profit Facebook page that Rach linked me to, which is great because it's just all good people. Yeah. Not there trying to rip anybody off. They do say, yeah, tip tips are appreciated. And, you know, you've got you to pay the piper when they are hooking you up with all these things. But it's just a great, fun little game that you can do whatever you want just about in the world, which is great. Yes, I totally concur. Fantastic. Yeah, man. And there's the uh, the sort of the, the current May Day event going on at the moment, uh, which is running for another few days now. So you still got time to jump on and and get amongst that and do the little little sort of off-island trip where you can get some unique gifts and things. So, uh, yeah, give that a geese, but I'm just going to keep uh, keep terraforming and, and keep shaping shaping my island until I'm happy and then probably hate it and then terraform the whole thing to zero again and go go again. It's a vicious cycle, that game. Very vicious cycle. Yeah, nice. I don't, I don't know how much I'll, I'll keep playing after I see credits roll. Like, uh, I'm, nah, yeah. that, that's when it starts. Like, that's the end game. Like, that's... <sighs> That's what everyone keeps saying, but I just don't know if I I give enough of a shit to terraform my island. I know how much work it's going to be. I feel like I just want to put paths down and then I'm done. (laughs) You you say that, but it's it's like bell-shaped crack like you, you get there and like that island is like your home and you start taking pride in if you got friends coming over you're like it's got to look good i've got everything laid out like so yeah you, you say those credits are rolling once once kk slider plays these jams but mate that is that is just the start of the true game in my opinion and that's that's where the hustle and the grind really begins so uh i'll check in within a few weeks and see if you're still on it or if you have actually put it down and, you, and you're going through other games now so be curious very curious. But for those that are curious about anything else related to 8-Bit, obviously 8bitnation.net, 8bit.net, shop 8bit.net, youtube.com forward slash we are 8-Bit. They are all your centralized hubs for all that tasty 8-Bit goodness. Uh, when you're done checking out our gear and maybe grabbing yourself a sneaky t-shirt from shop 8bit.net, head on over to audiotechnica.com or audiotechnica.com.au for you ANZ-based listeners to get the best new audio-based equipment, we're talking headphones, microphones, gaming headsets, turntables. You want in-ear, you want Bluetooth, you want noise cancelling. They got it all. And it is uh, some of the best equipment in the space. We've been using it since our inception in 2015 and we ain't ever going to change. So audiotechnica.com.au, audiotechnica.com or audiotechnica.au on the socials. And uh, our second content creator pack giveaway is currently live, courtesy of those sexy legends, Audio Technica. To enter, all you need to do is DM us on the Twitters or email hello at 8bit.net a photo of your current content creation setup and explain why you need that sexy, sexy AT upgrade. It is limited to ANZ participants only and the second winner will be announced this coming week. Uh, so get your entries in. It's really simple to enter and uh, we'll be giving away the second of three uh, this week. So uh, yeah, if you're looking for a bit of an upgrade fix, so even if you're looking to get into it, if you want to be streaming, you want to be podcasting like Zach and I here, or you just want to maybe be, be doing audio diaries and just keep them yourself, get on in on that competition because it is the best way to get your content going. But let's Do move it. into some news. 
This week's news headlines. And the first bit of news. Microsoft to show Xbox Series X games via live stream this coming week. This comes by way of Tom Phillips at Eurogamer. Microsoft will show off the first Xbox Series X games in an inside Xbox live stream this Thursday, the 7th of May. There's no official word on what exactly we'll be seeing, but Eurogamer understands a number of third-party games will be showcased. Obviously, fans are also looking forward to see more of a flagship title, such as Halo Infinite, only teased until now, but also some of the many projects Microsoft's array of game studios have been quietly building and keeping under wraps. We also understand that this is the first of a couple of Xbox Series X broadcasts from Microsoft laying out more information and footage on its next-gen console due to launch holiday 2020. Xbox executive Aaron Greenberg has confirmed that next week we'll see Xbox's partners show next-gen games during the broadcast and that internal studios have big summer plans, reinforcing the fact that Microsoft has plenty of first-party projects under wraps. It will require an additional broadcast to showcase. So, Zach... What do you predict we will see and what level of interest have you got overall on the Xbox Series X? As we all know that you are a bit of a Sony pony. So what's sort of your your sort of temperature here on this? Are you keen? Are you intrigued? Are you sort of like, man, I'm only just waiting for the, my, my PlayStation 5? What's your thoughts on this, man? Look, uh, I, I know 100% I'm going to be getting the PS5, but... I love gaming, so I definitely, I won't be tuning into this live, no way, it's probably going to be 1am on, on Friday or something like that, I'll, I'll give that one a miss, uh, uh, but I'll definitely be checking out the highlights and whatnot afterwards for sure, because yeah, I'm fascinated to see what Microsoft has in store, they bought about a million studios a year or two ago, and I'm hope, I'm hoping we're going to start seeing the, the fruits of the, that labour like, like pretty soon. Um, yeah, if, if potentially if they show up a lot of first-party stuff, it's it's definitely yeah, it's definitely exciting for me. The more good games out there, the the better. They're they're certainly leading the initial hype race, like compared to Sony at the moment. Like Sony have showcased a controversial controller, two tone <laughs> in color, which was uh, you know, met with some positives and some negatives. Where Xbox has gotten well ahead of all of all the sort of press spin and things at the moment where they've showcased the console talked about the power of the console and now they're going to be debuting some gameplay this week and obviously we're going to see the debut gameplay of uh, assassin's creed valhalla which we'll be talking about a little bit more detail down the line here but i'm looking forward to seeing as you said like what all these first party studios have been working on like they they sort of came out in a big way a couple of years ago and acquired many studios created new studios and what have you so i'd love to see what they've sort of got under the hood of this uh, series x and how these games are going to look i'm assuming we're probably going to see a little bit more hellblade we're going to see a bit of halo we're going to see some assassin's creed maybe we'll probably see some forza that seems to be sort of the the games that go hand in hand with all these announcements uh, so yeah, man, I'm I'm hyped. Like I'm a I'm a big Xbox fanboy. Love my PlayStation as well. But uh, yeah, Team Green is the sort of one uh, A to my one B with the Sony. So I'm really looking forward to checking out this Inside Xbox event this week. Uh, like you, I'm thinking, yeah, I, I could maybe get up and watch this that early. But knowing my body clock and how tired I'm going to be, I'll be like, I'll just get up early. You know, once I wake up six, seven o'clock or whatever, and and catch the sort of replay of it then. So um, I'm excited to see though what's happened at the end of this week because this is that first true step I think into that next gen like talking hardware and seeing controllers is one thing but 
we we're interested in the games you know we want to see what the games are about how they look how they're going to play so i cannot wait to see what uh what they're going to showcase for us later this week so uh yeah i'm, I'm pretty damn excited yeah, certainly. When PlayStation hasn't really talked a lot about what we could be seeing for next-gen games as well, too. Pretty sure Halo Infinite's going to be next-gen, correct? Or is it going to be cross-gen? They're talking cross-gen, so it's probably going to fall under the, the that smart delivery system that, that they're talking about. So they'd be silly not to release it on the, the 1X or the, the 1S uh, equivalent as well. Like, mm. yeah, it'd be a bit weird, I think, for them just to go single-platform and, and cut out cut out a lot of their current player base yeah yeah i gotta say yeah microsoft is absolutely killing it with their message messaging I, I don't know what's going on over at sony at the moment that the, the way the way they're doing things it just doesn't seem to make sense to me like it's meant to be coming out in the holiday period microsoft revealed what the xbox series x would look like i think what back in december was it yeah it was over that sort of christmas cycle had yeah. the had the initial sort of sizzle videos and highlight reels popping around yeah we st- still don't even know what the ps5 looks like all they've done is reveal the logo which was the exact same thing except with out of four and a five instead which we all kind of expected so i don't know yeah so- sony i'm hoping sony starts pulling their finger out and, and showing us a thing or two in the next in the next couple of months because yeah Right now, they they seem to just sort of be dragging their feet a little bit. I just I'm hoping we're not seeing a repeat of Sony during the PS3 generation. You know, resting on the laurels of the PS2, feeling all high and mighty because they've killed it with the PS4. Um, yeah, let's hope we don't see a repeat of that and them stumble into the start of the generation because as history shows, when they if you stumble into the start of the generation, you're probably pretty screwed for the rest of that as well as as people who follow what happened to the xbox one would be well aware of 100 <laughs> percent, man 100 percent. so no doubt sort of sony are working on a lot of things in the background and, and maybe they're just waiting for some of these initial sort of uh, salvos to be fired by xbox and and we'll probably see a, a playstation specific conference cycled through in in june to probably follow up on this and and you know we're talking with hesitation about sony at the moment about oh what are they doing are they falling behind but you know full well they'll they'll come out at one of these events and they'll, they'll show the next god of war they'll show another spider-man they'll show all these big triple a exclusives and everyone just be like okay all right this is fine i believe i'm i'm sorry for doubting you sony like <laughs> you know it's it's what they do and, and they've got so much ammunition in that gaming catalog to sort of silence any critic pretty damn quickly you know they just need to flex a a horizon two or yeah the god of war part two that they'll be bringing out or whatever it might be like they've got so many fantastic franchises that they can just sort of silence a room and then get that hype level above a million very quickly so uh yeah. but mate it's exciting to be talking about this kind of stuff as opposed to bloody corona and covid and all this kind of shit so yes. it's good that we got some positive spin to be talking about yeah, definitely. It's been a great week for news, particularly for me. A lot of a lot of the kinds of games that I love has been a lot of good news about. So yeah, for sure. Mm. I, I guess uh, to completely contradict all the positive news right now, <laughs> uh, we're going to be jumping into a story that I've sort of titled Leaky Boats. And this comes uh, via way of gamesindustry.biz and IGN. So I've combined the two articles and uh, the first part, which had the internet on fire this week, a major leak has spread spoilers for The Last of Us Part 2 far and wide across the internet. 
Videos of leaked gameplay, cutscenes, and developer menus are now being discussed and dissected by gaming communities. A detailed thread correlating the leaks can be found on Reset Error. Obviously, you can Google this stuff. I would not recommend Googling it. I've managed to avoid this minefield so far this week, so I am very happy with uh, being completely blind to what all this uh, spin is happening. Um, the leak comes just weeks after it was revealed The Last of Us Part Two would be delayed indefinitely due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And this follows on to a story that was posted on IGN this morning, uh, Sunday, May the 3rd. Sony has confirmed that the company has identified those who leaked large parts of The Last of Us Part 2 online, as well as that these persons were not members involved with Sony Interactive Entertainment nor Naughty Dog. In a statement first reported by GamesIndustry.biz and confirmed by IGN, Sony offered an update on its search for the leakers. SIE has identified the primary individuals responsible for the unauthorized release of The Last of Us Part 2 assets. They are not affiliated with Naughty Dog or SIE. We are unable to comment further because the information is subject to an ongoing investigation. We're looking forward to when The Last of Us Part 2 will be in your hands and can't wait for you to enjoy the full experience on June 19th. The Last of Us Part 2 creative director Neil Druckmann also commented on the leaks following the original publication of Sony's statement saying, glad this got cleared up, but there are a lot of other false rumors out there. Looking forward to discussing all of this once the game is out. So The Last of Us Part 2 had been de uh, delayed indefinitely early in April and Druckmann addressed the delay at that time, originally set for a May 29 release. The Last of Us has only had a few weeks delay ultimately with fellow PS4 exclusive Ghost of Tsushima also being delayed into July from its original June 26th release date. So man, this was nuclear this past week. Like I was seeing people that I know or people that I follow on Twitter constantly saying, thanks random dickhead for DMing me these spoilers or linking me to this or whatever it might be. Like there is just this troll culture getting around where people are just trying to spoil everybody's fun. But it's very surprising that it wasn't a Naughty Dog or Sony staff member. So you're assuming it might be like a partner, a housemate or a friend that maybe got hold of their friend's assets or their laptop and shared it or whatever it might be. But man, what do you think about all this? How, how have you gone uh, ducking and dodging these, uh, these spoilers? You're still, still blind to the truths? Yeah, I've, 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 you know, avoid things as much as possible, particularly with uh, very anticipated games like this one. And the narrative with Naughty Dog Games is such an important part of it. You definitely do not want that spoiled for you. So, I've, yeah, I've managed to avoid it so far. Like, I think all the people that I follow on Twitter and whatnot are all pretty cool and know not to spoil stuff. And, you know, I'm just very careful uh, trying to avoid looking at any sort of thumbnails and stuff when you're going through YouTube because even that can be a, a minefield as well too. But yeah, no, this is this this sucks. This this really does suck because there you know a lot of people worked on this game, and you know a lot of their hard work it it's, it it sort of ruins it for them in a way. Yeah, it's it's going. I don't think it's going to hurt Naughty Dog at all. You know, if anything, maybe this whole big a big thing might cause more interest in the game. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's it sucks out there for anyone who has this spoiled for them because man, I, I'm so excited for this game. And if if I had it spoiled for me, it would it would definitely, definitely be devastating. So I, I think at the start of the week when when the rumors were that it was a disgruntled employee, I was like, you know, you know, I thought. Uh, that that sucks, but you know, if you are treating your employees badly, uh, then I guess in a way, you know, you, you are you are kind of deserving of it, even though I I don't think they shouldn't they should should have done it. But then you know, it comes out later on that they're not affiliated with Naughty Dog at all, and 
an SIE and it's like, yeah, that, that sucks that it's just some, it could be some third, third party company they've worked with or someone, some employee at a third party company they worked with. I, I don't know, but yeah, it just sucks. Someone who's not even involved with it just got this thing and, and threw it out there. It, yeah, it's yeah a shitty story. I guess there is a sort of positive side to it though, because I don't think they would have announced it to be coming out so soon if these leaks hadn't have come this week as well too. So that the the one thing I was super happy about this week is yeah knowing that we're going to be getting it just in uh, mid June oh it's it's yeah I'm I'm excited I'm I'm so pumped that's it's certainly a win for gamers and it's it's interesting because they did delay the game initially obviously due to the the COVID nineteen similarities with plagues and death and things like that thematically pretty correct in the last of us but yeah then they've had to sort of pivot and go you know what we maybe were planning on dropping this uh maybe holiday season but due to this uh this dickhead that leaked all this stuff we need to sort of pivot here and get this game out while it is a bit of a melting pot of a discussion around the water cooler and around the internet at the moment so i'm with you i think the game's going to sell either way like it's going to be a, a sort of unit mover from day one like people are all on board with the last of us part two so i don't think this is going to impact sales but it's certainly would be impacting people's experiences with this game because the the narrative from one and no doubt that's going to follow in through part two is is one of the best gaming stories i've ever experienced like the writing the voice acting the character models everything was just on point and just you know had the jaw dropped had the tears going had the emotional sort of arcs you're going through with this game and and to know what might be the payoff or what might have occurred as you're playing would have sort of certainly dampened that uh that experience so i'm I'm happy that i've steered clear of it and i hope everyone else can can avoid that minefield of spoilers and and sort of um hints and and sort of big big reveals so uh yeah stay safe out there the last of us two fans and put put the muted words on 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 your socials stay away from yeah last of us searches on youtube or reddit or wherever just stay in your lane just play animal crossing work that turnip hustle price and uh yeah just bide your time for the next two months until the last of us part two drops we're all going to be happy you know we're all winners here uh, outside of this person that leaked this or maybe they're a winner they probably got paid a pretty substantial sum no doubt to to sort of disclose this information but yeah i think now that they've sort of earmarked who this person or uh, people's were i can only imagine what kind of uh lawsuit they're gonna get thrown at them so that person or, or persons is going to be in a world of hurt moving forward Ooh. so uh oh sony coming for them Oof. oh yeah yep so a uh, bit of karma there which uh, which i'm happy to see uh, so, uh, moving into a little bit more of a positive story here. So Jeff Keighley, obviously the man behind the games awards has been a little bit active this week and, uh, announced something completely out of left field. Uh, and this news comes via way of Matt Wales at Eurogamer. So, uh, Jeff Keighley has unveiled a four month all digital summer game fest event, which starts this month, which is May. So uh, it's going to be a four-month-long all-digital consumer celebration of video games featuring breaking news, in-game events, and free playable content from the likes of CD Projekt Red, Sony, Microsoft, Riot Games, Digital Extremes, and Valve. It's not entirely clear how the disparate elements making up the inaugural uh, Summer Game Fest will be tied together, although there is a website which you can check out which seems like a good place to keep a watchful eye on but the event is scheduled to run from May through August of this year. 
At present, 2K, Activision, Bandai Namco, uh, Bandai Namco, Bethesda, Blizzard, Bungie, CD Projekt Red, Digital Extremes, EA, Microsoft, Sony, Square Enix, Private Division, Riot Games, Steam, and Warner Brothers are all confirmed to be involved. And the official announcement says additional publishers will be revealed in the coming weeks. Programming, including publisher-specific events, will be streamed via Facebook, Mixer, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. Keely will host pre- and post-show streams for certain flagship events, with details set to be shared by individual publishers at a later date. Additionally, playable demos and game trials will be available for a limited time on PC, Xbox, and other platforms. And a whole bunch of these will appear as part of Valve's previously announced Steam Game Festival Summer Edition, which runs from uh, the 9th to the 14th of June. So this is a pretty big flex here by Jeff Keighley. Like uh, this came out of nowhere. Uh, This announcement dropped at the tail end of this week. Uh, The Summer Game Fest, a four-month-long event running from May to August, which in itself, when you think about that, is insane. But I'm assuming this is almost going to become a a more stretched-out, casual E3 equivalent here. But you look at the players that are in there. it's, It's the who's who. Like Nintendo are noticeably absent from this list at the moment. But... Just about every major player from the gaming space is going to have some representation on this. But Zach, what do you think about this, man? You got you keen for some summer game fest action? It sounds like Jeff Keighley did the whole Game of Thrones thing and used chaos as a ladder. And this in this in this crazy world of COVID nineteen has decided to step in and be like, yeah, no, E three's mine. This time's mine. No, hey, good. Look, look, good on him. Like E three. I got to say, has been getting more and more irrelevant over the years. You know, I still, I still love E3. I still love that time when, when all that good uh, gaming, gaming uh, goss is coming out. Uh, but you know, if someone can step in and do it better, then I'm, I'm, I'm happy for that as well too. It's, it's one of those big things though with any sort of gaming events. I think it's a real sort of wait and see. I think the game awards, personally, are a bit of a, a big wank. I don't know, I prefer, I'd rather it be a bit more about the awards and less about trailers for new games, uh, but, you know, this this is an event that's supposed to be for trailers about new games, so hope if, if, if you know, then hopefully he can use that same sort of uh, format and come up with something decent, I don't know, <laughs> we'll, we'll wait and see. Yeah, man, like it's... um. It sounds cool, like it's an all-digital consumer celebration uh, featuring breaking news, in-game events, and free playable content. That part there excites me because this is sort of harkening back to our childhood almost with demo discs and things like that. Like you don't really see game demos anymore. So for them to sort of open up that part of history again where you're going to have options to play a demo or a level of some of these games is going to be phenomenal. Mm. So I'm really excited to see how that's going to work. Obviously, it's going to be done via digital delivery and they're probably going to have some caveats in there where you have to be watching their Twitch stream for X amount of time to <laughs> get access to this code. You know, they're, they're, going to, they're going to sort of have you by the short and curlies to make sure they can maximize your sort of screen time and their numbers. But it's really cool to see and it, it's something that's very different to to what's kicking around and and this is just part of this sort of uh, brave new world we're part of where it is all shifting to digital physical meetings and physical events will be drastically reduced or scaled back or canned entirely for this sort of digital uh, blueprint instead which which I'm keen for I like that it's like spread out over several months so maybe this is going to be in parallel with some of these uh, developers or publishers 
where they'll be using this hub as their their announcement for for showing new trailers or debuting new games maybe maybe that's part of the deal where it's all going to be through um the summer game fest as opposed to using their own platform so very smart by Jeff, and, and I, I respect the uh, the Game of Thrones reference. He's certainly uh, <laughs> certainly sort of backstabbing his way to success. Oh, maybe not backstabbing his way. <laughs> I'm sure he did it. Sure he did it well, and, and did it with respect and, and sort of uh, you know a smile on his face. But yeah, it's certainly it's certainly a power play. That's for sure. Like he is yeah flexing his way to the top at the moment, and this event could be fun and i like that you don't have to commit a full week like an e3 almost to sit and watch all these things it can be you know here's something coming up this week and on the calendar next week it's something by cd project red and the week after it's sony and the week after that it's square so i like that it's a little bit more of a relaxed delivery so um it's cool i'm super excited to see what what comes of this thing is is more uh, updates and, and announcements sort of trickle out but yeah power to you jeff keely like this is this is a big old power play and it's uh something that's got the industry talking yeah good on him i think um i, I think you're right with saying uh, the, the thing i'm probably most excited about would be these the the idea of these free demos and it just makes no sense for people to you know go to e3 and then wait in line for three or four hours to play like 10 minutes or 15 minutes of some game it makes way more sense to do it digitally and and get it out out in a lot more people's hands so yeah jeff keely has an opportunity here to do a lot of things better than what e3 and the esa have been doing for a long time so yeah fingers crossed it ends up being a a cool event i'll definitely be uh, keeping an eye on it for sure yeah, man. It's it's and the crazy thing is like it's running from this month, so we don't have to wait too long for probably the the first few major announcements or or sort of um you know video packages or whatever they're putting together. So I'd say in the next two to three weeks we're going to get our first taste of the uh, the summer games fest. So um yeah, Jeff Keely coming out strong at the tail end of April. You know he's uh, not holding back. So uh, very exciting. Obviously, reading between the lines, he also distanced himself from E3 this year. Uh, obviously, he took um, not participating in it from the first time. So maybe this is a bit of a sneaky middle finger with a smile towards uh, E3 and and their sort of sinking ship that everyone seems to be jumping off of. So yeah, Summer Games Fest could be the, the next E3, but just uh, online. So keen as a bean for that. But yeah, moving into the main course, uh, it's a bit of a deep dive on Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Ooh, yeah. uh, which I am super duper excited about. It, it is a bit of a long, a long article here, so I'll try and smack through it as best I can. And this is after I've cut pages upon pages of this thing out already. So uh, maybe grab yourselves a cup of tea, uh, get a biscuit, get comfy, because uh, I'm going to take you guys on a story journey here about Assassin's Creed Valhalla. This comes via way of the man Tom Phillips at Eurogamer. Teased earlier this week via a live art reveal by my man Boss Logic, we now know a lot more about Ubisoft's upcoming Viking jaunt, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Ubisoft knows what you think of Vikings, their reputation and history as bloodthirsty invaders interested in Britain only to pillage its riches. And so, in this week's reveal trailer for Assassin's Creed Valhalla, this version of history is addressed head on. Of course, the first trailer barely scratches the surface of the game, and indeed, how it will. Uh, how its portrayal of Vikings, Saxons, and various other groups living in Britain will actually look. Will good old King Alfred really be a mustache-twirling pantomime villain? No, lead producer Julian Lafayette assures me, as we settle down to talk Valhalla in detail. Will all Vikings be good guys? No again. But what seems certain is how Valhalla has been entirely shaped by this principle, Vikings were not only invaders, but settlers as well. 
They were ferocious warriors, yes, but also a group of people with a rich culture, living gods, and huge mythology, all of which Valhalla will explore in detail. Central to all that will be a new village settlement hub, home for main character Ivor and their comrades, a familiar starting point for adventures and a place you'll see your decisions play out. It's another adjustment for a series well past its early transition into RPG territory via Origins and already able to boast about real mastery of the genre seen in, in the recent release of Odyssey, one which feels like it will fill some of the few remaining blanks in the latter game's formula. So instead of embarking on a never-ending journey to defog all the map, Valhalla's narrative is built around your settlement and through it. It's your own Viking village you'll see prosper and grow and which your clanmates will live in. Big story arcs will begin and end here. The impact of your decisions rippling through your growing community. You'll see the effects of alliances such as weddings to forge relationships between clans and the consequences of harsh choices you have to face. It's also where you'll see some of the game's romances play out. Giddy up. It changes the way we're playing the game we're making at least, and that's the bet we're making. It's not an entirely new concept for the franchise, but it's been a long time since Assassin's Creed tried to give players a proper home. It's also a tried and tested idea for the genre. As Lafayette speaks, he describes the settlement as a place of importance in Valhalla, reminiscent of Skyhold and the Normandy, which players return to time and time again. As you grow your village, new buildings will be available to customize and upgrade such as barracks, blacksmiths, and a tattoo parlor. Initial artwork strongly hinted at Valhalla's focus on Britain, and this is where Ivor's new home will be founded. But you can't have a Viking game without seeing Scandinavia, and Norway is the setting for the start of the game. You have to understand that what these people are coming from, Lafayette explains. You'll feel the harshness of the lands and the political pressure there at the time. You'll feel all that and hopefully you'll understand what, why you have to move to England where most of the game takes place. Britain will then make up the bulk of the game's map, Lafayette adds, but a few surprise areas will also feature. It's in Britain, of course, you'll eventually meet King Alfred, who the trailer paints as the villain of the piece, complete with some Templar-looking artifacts in the background. But Lafayette assures me that Alfred will be more of a complex character when you meet him in-game. He is shown in that villainous way in the trailer, but over the course of the game, you'll see there's a lot more nuance to him, I'm told. The game looks set to cover the Viking campaign against him and his eventual success at pushing the Norse back and unifying swatches of England. Alfred the Great is a very important historical figure we want to treat right, Lafayette says, and to do so, it's in all the subtleties and nuances you'll find. Valhalla's main character, Eivor, can be played as either male or female and that your choice of gender is only part of the customization you'll get. Beards, tattoos and wall paint options will be available to pick from. Your gear will also be customizable as will your Viking boat. You can dual weld weapons and shields make a return after people complain they were left out of Odyssey. I didn't complain, I didn't even really notice there was no shields there, but anyway. The other character in the trailer is the mysterious hooded figure which Eivor seems to associate with Norse god Odin, hanging around with a raven, the animal he is commonly linked with. Odyssey lets let players meet characters and creatures of Greek legend, and it seems Valhalla will continue in this fold. We're obviously using the mythology, Lafayette says. We have found a cool way of integrating that with our lore, which for today goes into major spoiler territory, but what I'll say is their gods were part of their everyday life. They were believed to be roaming the earth, involved in fights. That was part of the Viking spirituality, and that's how we treat it in the game, which is true to beliefs and practices at the time. As for the raven, it will be your animal companion in Valhalla, just as eagles were in previous games. And we have a bunch of new abilities for the raven, Lafayette teases. We use it as a reason to re-explore the way players can explore the world so it is less reliant on UI. 
Once again, you'll be exploring both on land and on water, though it sounds like the naval battles of the past have been dialed back somewhat. There's no sitting and firing cannons at other boats. Vikings just didn't do that. Instead, your longships act as your fastest means of travel through the English countryside along waterways, which were the main roads of the era. Boats are also your fastest method of escape after launching an assault on a waterside fort. Any military location you encounter on the rivers of England is fully raidable, Lafayette says. We want you to be playing the ultimate Viking fantasy, so you'll get to have your Viking buddies going with you on a longship. Sometimes you'll get resources to take back and upgrade your settlement, or maybe additional firepower to help, take, uh, to help you take down high-level bandits in the region. For more than two and a half years, Valhalla has been in development by the Assassin's Creed Origins team at Ubisoft Montreal, led by Ashraf Ishmael, creative director of series standouts like Origins and Black Flag. It also had the support of an eye-popping 14 other studios worldwide. It's a monumental project designed from scratch to, to debut on PC, PlayStation 5, and Xbox Series X later this year, alongside with versions for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Google Stadia. And it looks ready to again define what Assassin's Creed can be so zach i know there was a ton of information there thrown at you but what do you think i guess first and foremost are you an assassin's creed guy like you talk about um rpgs and enjoying open world games and there is similar beats in this game as there is to things like horizon and and uncharted and games you mentioned that you're a big fan of are you an assassin's creed guy first and foremost and secondly what's what's your beat on valhalla are you are you excited for this, is this a day one Okay, so I'm definitely an Assassin's Creed fan. I believe I've played every single mainline Assassin's Creed. I've finished every single one of them. Um, I absolutely adored Origins. So, and these are the same developers behind that on Valhalla. So that definitely gets me very excited. I, I platinumed Origins and I platinumed Odyssey as well too. Damn, yeah, man. I'm, I'm definitely a fan of, 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 of the Assassin's Creed games. Look, I'm not going to say... None of them make it up into my top 10 games of all time. They're not like... I don't think they're on the echelon of, of developers like Rockstar and and uh, and Naughty Dog and, and and whatnot. But I still I, I do think they're they're, they're generally always at, at the very least good. Um, but I'd I'd argue that the last the last few games in particular have been fantastic. So yeah, I'm 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 definitely excited. I'll, I'll, there hasn't been a gameplay trailer released yet, so I, I you know I'm sort of waiting waiting for that before I just start getting too excited, I guess. But you know I I I, I guess I already sort of know what I'm getting. It's going to probably probably be quite similar gameplay. Uh, to Assassin's Creed Odyssey, but just with a whole bunch of new bells and whistles, and that already is enough to get me super pumped for this game. And 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 for the potential of it, this could end up being the first uh, next gen game that I play. I like uh, when I when I ultimately end up buying my PS5 and and you know probably. Uh, losing my house and home because of it. This this will be the first one I play when I find some kind of uh, bus station to plug my my TV and PlayStation into. <laughs> That's fair. Hopefully, the the console might be of a good size, so you can use the box then as sort of the the spare room to play the PlayStation in when you are out on the main streets. Ah, <laughs> oh, perfect. I've got it all ready to go. <laughs> That's it, mate. It, it doubles then. It's yeah. It's it's a house and an entertainment system. So you're, you're winning there. But man, um, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Like Odyssey and Origins were such a breath of fresh air for that franchise. It did start to get a little bit stale. Like I really like when they changed the the sort of meta up and the dynamic and the 
the setting with Black Flag. Black Flag's still one of my favorite Assassin's Creed games of all time. Oh, so yeah. I feel this is going to have similar beats to that where, you know, Pirates and Vikings had had similar mantras. So you'll be sort of dealing with that sort of similar tone, I think. But I cannot wait to to play this game. Like, I'm with you. Odyssey and Origins were phenomenal games. Were they, you know, some of the greatest of all time? No. Uh, Origins probably has a little bit more of a claim to stake in that than odyssey because odyssey did get a little bit bloated at times it mm. did get a little bit unnecessarily grindy mm. uh with trying to sort of increase your level in certain areas but they were gorgeous games the story was phenomenal the combat was great uh the fact that they're sort of really doubling down on that rpg flavor of this of this franchise now it's going to be brilliant i'm loving this sort of just the settlement hub and seeing i guess all your hard work or your bloody work or your bad work as you're out there pillaging and plundering as Vikings and seeing that sort of get realized at, at your home base and seeing, you know, new improvements to, to your living quarters or the blacksmith or the barber or the, the tattooist or whatever. Like I like that there will be this living, breathing hub, like similar to, to Red Dead Redemption 2, mm. I guess is what I think of with this, where you could come back and there's characters there that you, you have relationships with and good discussions and, and you can you can sort of exist in this this hub world on its own quite happily. So I'm keen for that. I like that they are going away with the whole defog map thing, which we've known about Assassin's Creed and dealt with that for a good long time. So they are sort of changing some of the things that were getting a little bit tired in the franchise. Yeah, we haven't seen any 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 gameplay, but we are seeing that this week. It's going to be debuted at that inside Xbox. So uh, we're going to see it running on an Xbox um, Series X, which I cannot wait to see how it looks on this next gen, like uh, I'm gonna have the the jaw on the floor, I think, with some of the the graphics because those cutscenes, oh my goodness, I'm I'm all about the Vikings. I got a hard on for that sort of that era Norse mythology and things like that. Like I I love reading about the real history. I like the the loose interpretation with the show Vikings. I like the Last Kingdom, all that kind of stuff. So I'm keen to see this translated to in a game, and um. Yeah, I, I know Ubisoft are going to stick the landing on this because, as you mentioned, uh, Zach, they've got the they've got the crew together that did um, Origins and Black Flag, so two of two of my favorite AC games uh, back there. And Ashraf Ismail, who's the creative director, knows his stuff so well. So um, I cannot wait, and I love that we don't have to wait too long for this game. Like it's going to be out probably in about five months' time. So hell yes for oh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, everything like just pour it straight into my mouth cover me in it i cannot wait <laughs> to be living my best viking life are you going to go the the male or the female viking do you typically go try and relive yourself as a male or do you sort of gender bend what do you do with these games when you've got this choice i really just play it by ear I, my first play playthrough of assassin's creed odyssey i played through as the male character and i regretted that because i must i, I played through a second time picking all the uh the nastier options of out of the uh, different uh, options you have throughout that game. And the female voice actress was just, I, I found her that was just far superior to the male. I, the male I got sick of listening to very, very quickly. And she was just absolutely fantastic. But I think with this one, just because I got to get that big, gorgeous Viking beard, I got to go the male this time. Like if, like if, if the, the, the female one could grow a beard, Maybe I'd consider it, but uh, but yeah, no, it's it's got to be the male. Got it, got to have that beard. You got to live out that Viking life. Yeah, it's 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 tough. Like um, they've already shown the collector's editions available with the statues of the 
the male or the female uh, characters that you can control and they both look phenomenal and like going from from times watching Vikings as I mentioned like if you could play as Lagatha like she is just this Viking goddess you know warrior woman playing as her or playing as Ragnar this other you know pretty pretty sort of stout Viking dude like I think you're going to win either way and I cannot wait for this game and and I'm very excited that we don't have to wait too long to see some actual gameplay like uh, less than a week until we get to see how this game looks mm. in the flesh so yeah count me count me is about 50 levels of excitement there I really like too. Did you um, did you watch any of the live art reveal that Boss Logic did on on Twitch, like in conjunction with with Ubisoft's and um, yeah, created this live art reveal that pretty much confirmed that it is set in in um, you know, the Vikings era and confirmed the title of Valhalla. I thought it was such a cool, unique way to debut a game. Yeah, no, that sounds really cool. I did not get to catch that, but I'll have to, I'll, I'll have to check it out. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm so excited for the, all, all this Viking stuff. Throwing axes, that looks fantastic, um, and the, the whole settlement thing also get, gets me pretty pumped as well too. If they can implement it like the camps in Red Dead Two, as you were saying before. Uh, I, I love the camps in Red Dead too. I was talking to every single character, trying to get every single piece of dialogue I could out of that. If they can, uh, in, and, and when they say the sto- that stories will start and end there, I'm hoping that they are planning on implementing it in the same way. Um, it's always fun to have that hub you come back to and see it change over time and see relationships build and, and story happen. And it makes the world feel a lot more alive. If, if they get it right, there's been bad hubs before. I'd point at Anthem probably one of my least favorite hub worlds in in a, in a game uh yeah it's if, if they do it more like the red dead style then yeah that, that's another thing that potentially gets me very excited um yeah I'm, I'm 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 super pumped for this one yeah me too man me too so i can't wait to see more of that this week but um yeah that sort of gets us to the end of the news but maybe we can shift into something about this new releases and events so this is where we're going to sort of bring to the table anything new coming up that we want to highlight, whether it be a game, maybe it's a film, new episodes of TV, maybe if it's even just a shameless sort of self-plug about what you got coming up this week on News to Review. So um, we got we got a good chunk of games dropping this week, but the the one I wanted to highlight is John Wick Hex making its way to the PlayStation Four. So obviously it is the strategy game starring uh, Keanu Reeves as as the lead character John Wick there. And I just wanted to to mention this game because I also saw confirmation that John Wick 4 on the back of COVID and everything else has been delayed from uh, a 2021 release now through to 2022. So we have to wait a little while longer to see Keanu come back and kill people in hundreds of creative ways, which is a bit of a shame. But uh, outside of that, uh, the second episode of Handrolled First drops this week, uh, which is our Star Wars role-playing adventure with various members of the hashtag 8-bit collective so keep that on your rss feeds and your ears ready for a little bit more of that star wars flavored role-playing hotness but zach is there anything you wanted to mention anything that you know that's coming up whether it be an event whether it be a game whether you just want to tell us about what you got coming up on uh, this week's episode of news to reviews Look, I guess it's a pretty pretty quiet time. I think I'm really sort of waiting for June when, when The Last of Us Part 2 comes in and we start getting a lot more news and stuff before there's anything I'm super exciting about. But I've just seen what you've put here in the new releases. Uh, I see that Void Bastards is coming to PlayStation 4 on May 7 and uh, that could potentially be something that I might 
might be playing for the next while until The Last of Us comes out because that that got a lot of good buzz when it came out. Oh, was it like last year sometime? Um, so I don't know. Yeah, maybe check that out for for people who are looking for uh, interesting. I think I believe it's like a, a uh, you keep dying and playing it over again, like a rogue light or something like that. First person, something similar to that. I think. Oh, I'm having a complete mental blank now too. Yeah, <laughs> I believe it's yeah, like the ro- rogue light, ro- rogue light kind it. of thing. Like you keep dying and have like getting further and further again each time. But I've I've heard really good things about it, so that might be one that I'll potentially check out. Mm. What about what about what's coming up on news to reviews? Anything you want to you want to uh, pedal here before we jump into our tweet of the week? Um, oh, we could potentially be getting some uh, uh, some cool guests on in the future, but I, I you know nothing's set in stone yet, so I won't talk about that. But other than that, yeah, we're still uh, bring out episodes every Monday, sometimes Tuesday, depending how I go for time with the editing and whatnot. But yeah, check it out anywhere that you like listening to podcasts. I believe this week. I'll be talking about A Plague Tale, Innocence, and uh, yeah, a lot of the cool stories that we've spoken about here today. Hell yeah. So obviously anchor.fm forward slash news to reviews or on Twitter at news to reviews and that Twitter handle is news number two reviews. So uh, be sure to rate, review, subscribe everywhere. But predominantly, I'd say maybe Apple Podcasts would be preference for ratings and reviews and all that that's sort of where we try and push as many people as we can yeah for sure apple podcast that's that's the one that would definitely help us out the most and then also uh pod chaser especially if uh, pod chaser is still they were doing a, a a benefit for covid where every every review on pod chaser i believe they donated 25 cents to uh, meals on wheels covid response and then if a, a creator responds to that they'll donate a further 25 cents so if you're looking for a way to sort of help out a bit and also help out a creator yeah do some reviews on Podchaser. review all your favorite podcasts hungry gamers news to reviews button mash whatever you love 100 percent, man Podchaser is such a great success story and it's just sort of coming up and up and up i can't wait for them to get this app out which is going to make it so much easier to listen to your content, to share the content, to subscribe. I'm just hanging very impatiently for that. So Ben Slinger, if you are listening to this, I love you, mate, but hurry up and get that app sorted because I'm sick of having to go through a web browser. Ain't got time for that. Give me an app. I just want direct touch, one click, get me in there. But yeah, Podchaser, (laughs) check it out. Podchaser.com is your hub there. And yeah, that sort of review pay it forward um, structure they had there was phenomenal, phenomenal effort by by the guys there at Podchaser. And it's uh, you know just another good positive success story there doing the rounds in our uh, gaming podcast space. So uh, let's shift into the last segment of this podcast. Tweet of the week. And this podcast comes via a way of handle at Gary Witter. Obviously, for those who uh, know or, or take part in anything, in the gaming space would have an an idea on who Gary Witter is. So obviously he co-wrote uh, Rogue One. But most recently you've seen him um, being part of the Kind of Funny crew doing the games daily uh, on Witter Wednesdays. So uh, Gary Witter in the sort of throes of COVID and social isolation has kicked off a weekly talk show called Animal Talking. So it's it's a talk show that he sort of streams on Twitch and then cuts it up into a into a highlight, highlight video piece that uh, drops on YouTube and it's him as the host and it sort of takes some some licks from from um, the late show and things like that and he brings in various personalities from within the gaming or geek culture space he has sort of musical talents come on and actually come to his island as their um, animal crossing character themselves they sit down and he records the audio and they have a conversation and 
play play live music on it and whatnot. It's it's a really great concept and it's blowing up the internet at the moment. And um, he threw a random tweet out the other day trying to get Reggie, uh, obviously from Nintendo fame, who's now uh, just just been been a boss living his best life about getting him on board and uh, he's got himself a sneaky reply so we might be seeing Reggie Phil May jumping on Animal Talking which I thought would be a fantastic get for Gary um, and obviously Reggie is one of the sort of uh, Mount Rushmore's of video gaming obviously he was a retired president and CEO of Nintendo America and now he's doing a whole heap of other fantastic things and he's also working on a podcast himself from what I'm aware of so can't wait to give that a listen but Animal Talking have you given this a look at it all Zach have you checked out what Gary and the crew are doing with Animal Talking no but I'm definitely going to be checking it out like I, I've I listened to it kind of funny not all the time but on and off but I've I definitely enjoy listening to Gary Witter on on that show for sure he's a he's a funny and uh and uh interesting dude so that'll definitely be something that i'm checking out for sure i'm curious to see what reggie's gonna get up to now that he's he's, he's left uh nintendo and whatnot i know he's jo- joined the the board for gamestop which was some weird kind of news i wasn't expecting that but yeah he's, he's such a beloved figure in the gaming industry so i think uh and anywhere he goes uh eyeballs are going to turn that way and yeah i'm de- i'm me personally yeah, i'm definitely going to check it out for sure i love animal yeah. crossing and it's just some good chill nice friendly content to absorb <laughs> it's it's so well done like gary's kitted out his house into like a studio front like looking like it is the late show or, or whatever it might be and he's got his you know his desk with the guest chairs and um, he's actually got um, like a, a guy there that does his music for him, almost like the Paul Schaefer equivalent you would f- and things like that. So it's awesome. it's really well done and he's getting some pretty notable uh, personalities from within the space to jump on and check it out. Like his debut episode, he had Naomi Kyle from IGN fame um, and a few other guests. So he's getting some people from all over the, all over the industry to come on and, and talk games and talk life in their little Animal Crossing um, character equivalents, which is phenomenal. So yeah, check out... Um, animal talking or just uh yeah if you want to check out all the updates on that at gary witter on the twitters but yeah this has been episode 193 of the hungry gamers podcast zach man thank you for coming on by thanks for giving us some insight on, on what you and Lockie get up to on news to review sharing some of those truths as well as uh just having a good old time here at the hungry hq anything you want to say before we close this episode off man yeah uh yeah as i said at the top of the show like we're all in isolation now so i feel like everyone's starting to feel a little bit of that uh of that depression creeping in at the moment if anyone's been holding off streaming or starting a podcast or making youtube videos or anything like that uh just get cracking if you're if you're isolated it's the perfect time to start start working on all that stuff and yeah just uh everyone just look after yourselves and look after one another i guess mate couldn't have said it better myself and um yeah as as mentioning double reference to the uh, creator pack giveaway so those people that are looking to create some content and uh, maybe sort of trying to just save a few pennies just with the current climate uh, you know a lot of people are going through some hardships at the moment enter our comp free to give away there's um, or free to enter i should say and there, there's no sort of paywall to get in just email hello at 8bit.net or dm us at we are 8bit 
on the Twitters a photo of your current content creator setup. And if you don't have one, just send us a photo of your blank potential studio to be like no issues, no judging here. But yeah, it'll help give you guys a leg up out there for anyone that wants to jump in, make some podcasts, make some content, or just jump on and talk through a sweet, sexy microphone and hear it back through some sexy headphones. So yeah, DM or email hello at 8bit.net to get in on that because uh, yeah, we're going to be announcing the second of three winners this coming week. But man, Zach, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on board here. Uh, Good luck as you crawl your way towards 30 episodes of news to reviews obviously anchor.fm forward slash news to reviews twitter at news to reviews and that's number two on the twitters and it's the word two for anchor.fm yeah be sure to rate review subscribe zach and Zutlocky's content at news to reviews as well as all the other content from the hashtag 8bit collective because those ratings and reviews help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts but until next week 8bit nation it has been our absolute pleasure to serve you here at the hungry hq much love Oh, thank you so much. And you got to stay, stay hungry. I probably should have said that before oh, we started recording. Oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, I should know that, shouldn't I? Yes, that's quick. Ali normally does it, so I blame Ali for not being here. <laughs> quick, say <it> now. <laughs> stay hungry. Podcast from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Beauty.